Coming up on today's show, we're celebrating six years of What's Good Games! Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined in studio by my partner in crime, my bestie with the Westie. I don't, that doesn't make sense. Brittany Brombacher is here. <laughs> Whoa, that's me. I'm like, what else rhymes with Westie and bestie? Testy, zesty. My bestie with the zesty. Yeah, I like not that. the chesty, unfortunately. <laughs> Thanks, child. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but hey. it's so good to see you, friend. I know. You're so much more beautiful in person. You know, thank you. I'm going to take it. I think that's I a compliment. That's yes. supposed to be a compliment. It is a compliment. Okay, good. And your hair looking luscious as always. <sighs> I'm loving this whole Hello Kitty vibe that you have going on. Girl, Ross, $7.99. What? Telling you. Oh, I love me a Ross find. Mm. Mm. No, it feels so good to be back in the studio. It's been like the third time in three years, I think. Dang you, COVID! (laughs) We unfortunately didn't get to use the studio over the last couple of years in the way that we hoped, you know, building the studio. We were so excited. I remember when we did our tour and... We had that really cool opportunity to work with Patreon, and we shot a bunch of stuff here, and then everything stopped. <laughs> and then our lives changed <laughs> in such a way that I don't think we could have predicted. Pandemic and children. Hey. Yes. But we've talked about that many times. And we will talk about it again, because it is our waking moment are for you- us, and for a lot of you out there. So this week's episodes are going to talk about some news, and we are going to talk about what we've been playing. As you can see, we are not joined by our third co-host, Rihanna Manuel Pena. She unfortunately was busy when we had slotted time to record the weekly show, but... We hope- are joined by Tom Nook's head. Yes, Tom Nook. It's bastard. just the head. And I put a crown on him because I feel like he is the king of thievery, so... It's true. Oh, well, cheers. Cheers. Brittany has a mini bottle of Buffalo Trace for everybody listening on podcast. One of her little tiny nips, as they are called, that I'm drinking a glass of Chandon. Tiny nips? They're called nips, these little bottles. I know, but we were just talking about how I'm not chesty, and now you're saying I have tiny nips. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was an inadvertent mistake. Did not not intend for the conversation around tiny nips to revolve around breasts in any way. Uh, just around tiny bottles of alcohol. <laughs> tiny nips. Um, oh, yeah. But hopefully you guys caught our anniversary stream on Wednesday. And if you missed it, the VOD is up on Twitch and at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Now, we are, did it a little different this year because you were in town for a top secret event, which you're going to talk about eventually. Well, I can say what the event was. I was okay. playing Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> I want to bang everybody. <laughs> but we can't wait to talk about it more when, you know, the embargo lifts and we will have more info on that soon. But you were in town and so we decided to do the stream on a Wednesday and I assume we have a blast because it has not yet happened as we're recording this episode. That is true. We have decorated. So if you're you're watching on YouTube, you can see you got the the streamers and the balloons. Yeah, it's cute. It's shiny. We got the big six hanging out in the tree. Six. Six. 
Yeah, decided to get rid of the television that was on set. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it was just a little too imposing, a little big, distracting. And quite frankly, it's a lighting problem for me. Oh, because of the glare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to do some different camera angles and stuff, which, you know, eventually I'm going to do. And so I was just like, you know what? It's time to just move it on out. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks good. It opens it up, if you will. And now we have this beautiful tree behind us, which can be our unofficial fourth chair of What's Good Games. Yeah. I Woody. Know. Perfect. I love it. No notes. So today's episode is brought to you by Honey and Factor, but we'll tell you more about them in just a little bit. <laughs> and I also want to thank our Patreon producers for the month of May, Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Jacob Ward and Sora Troy. And Brittany, I believe we ask everybody week after week to leave us five-star podcast reviews because it truly does help us. We were up in the ranks again this week. Yeah, it's really helpful. And I will repeat this goal that I've said before on the show is we are currently at a 4.6 rating. And like, listen, that's not bad. That's very right? good. If I were Redfall and I had a 4.6 out of 5, I'd be very, very happy. Sorry. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> but, you know, I think the unfortunate truth is a lot of those one-star reviews we get are just from people who don't like women in video games. And so I think we should counter that. And we can only vote for ourselves so many times. So if you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, whatever, would like to support the show, leave us a five-star review. It bumps us up in the algorithm. And then it gets that 4.6 up to like a 4.7, which We're would be better. for 4.8 or 4.9, like my WikiFeet score. Oh, can we beat Andrew's WikiFeet score? That is the new test. Only you guys can make it happen. Yeah. So that'd be really helpful. Please and thanks. Love you. Love you. Hearts. Okay, we did it. That's going to be a gifable moment right there. All right, so we don't have a ton of news to talk about this week. So the episode's going to be a little bit on the shorter side, but hopefully y'all can check out the anniversary show. But we did want to talk about The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom spoilers. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, just kidding. We're not actually going to no. talk about the spoilers. That would be dumb and stupid. But okay. the game is coming out very soon. Next week? Is that next, next week? Friday? What? Oh my goodness. Is it really? It really is. Ooh. It really is a week, a week away. Oh, we're here, which friends. is wild to think about. So, of course, like a lot of video game launches these days, Zelda was not immune to leaks and spoilers. And we're not going to talk specifically about what those are. If you Hell are no. an enterprising individual who wants to hunt those down, you can do that. But uh, Brittany, you included this because uh, I assume you have some thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. And the first thought I have is that these are the fuckers that I want in the front lines in the zombie apocalypse. These people who are streaming Tears of the Kingdom because they are fearless and they do not fear the almighty God that is Nintendo. Nintendo's out here ruining people's lives. They have made examples of so many people, mm-hmm. like the Bowser kid, right? And I think I have the stats in here, like what just happened with him. Gary Bowser is a hacker for Team Executor, I don't know how to say that, who developed and sold devices that enable people to play pirated games. He was jailed in 2022 and has been ordered to pay 25 to 30% of his monthly gross income for the rest of his life. Because the amount that he owes Nintendo is so vast, he can't possibly pay Nintendo in one film swoop yeah he literally has to pay nintendo forever and he'll never be able to pay them what was like 10 million dollars or something ridiculous that he was fine it's outrageous don't cross nintendo kids. don't do it yeah and so people are already selling physical copies of this game for up to 300 dollars, and then people now are pirating tears of the kingdom and streaming it and it's just wild and they're subpoenaing the people who leak the art book on discord so they're like doing all of that like they're not messing around anyway just unfortunate but it is just kind of 
I don't know. It's just this is such a momentous game that it's like fact that it's out there and there's spoilers out there and there are some websites out there that are covering the spoilers and shame on you. I say don't do that. That's icky and ugly. No, it's out there, man. And it's just wild. It's just wild that it's like, wow. Would you pay $300 to play Tears of the Kingdom one week early? Could I get in trouble for it? Yes. No, it ain't worth it. I mean, if you couldn't get in trouble for it. Like if Nintendo was never going to know it was you that bought the pirated copy. Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh. $300? Oh, girl. You remember how much I spent on Pokemon Go? Like I sometimes oh, like. Well. <laughs> but okay. like oh, and those okay. are actually totally okay, okay. irrelevant. Like those have no connection to each other. But no, like I think I would. I think that would be really exciting. And obviously from a content creation standpoint, once embargoes go up, I don't know why I couldn't give my coverage. You know what I mean? That's true. Yay. That's true. But honestly, like I talked to Jason about this. Nintendo is one of those companies that we never get early access for their first party games. We always get codes the day of release. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, I kind of like that because Nintendo is like this magical company who still does this magical stuff. And even though I've been disappointed by some of the things they've done in recent years, it's still really, there's something really cool about their products. I feel like no matter what they put out there, I'm going to be amazed by something, right? And the fact that I don't have to crunch for an embargo and the fact that I can just play the game when everyone else does and be a part of that hype, it's really cool. And so part of me is like, do I really want to hard pitch Nintendo and getting their games early for the, all the embargo releases or do I just want to get them the day of like everybody else? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's like that child magic that I still like get to hold on to this way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because sometimes you crunch for games like Redfall. <laughs> and it's not fun. I am, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but... Yeah. Well. Anyway, so just be careful. Like, mute the keywords on social media. Don't go on any of the Reddit threads if you want to be surprised. Now, like, I think the most hilarious thing about all of this is I think there's going to be some major cool plot things that happen in this game. But we as the fans put so much more stock into the stories that Nintendo tells in the Zelda games than Nintendo does themselves. You know, we have all these theories of, like, who Ganon is going to end up being or if Demise is coming back. And you smile and nod. And, like, who knows? Like, even if that does happen in this game, it could just be, like, a little glimpse and it's not going to live up to the hype that we have in our heads that it's going to turn out to be. So it's just kind of funny that we're all, like, worried about story spoilers because there might not be that many actual story beats because it's, you know. I felt like a lot of the storytelling in Breath of the Wild was environmental and really more about the player exploration and discovery of the world than actual scripted narrative cutscenes, right? It was, yeah. And the towns in Breath of the Wild were just a total joke. Like, the NPCs never had anything really exciting to say, nothing super fun. There were some side quests tied to the towns, but it was all really, like, boring vanilla stuff. So, yeah, like, it's never really been... Anyway, we don't have to go kick this dead opponent, if you will. But um, (laughs) anyway, we don't have long to wait, which is very exciting. I'm getting babysitting for the Friday it comes out. And Good the, for you. And the Friday night. And As we're you just going to play it. Yeah, we're just going to play it. I love that for you. Thanks. I'm going to be out of town for a friend's wedding, so I will not be able to probably find time, though I am thinking of bringing my Switch. I'm like, do I bring my Switch or do I bring my Steam Deck? Because I'm not bringing both. It's too oh, much yay. to take with. I would say the Switch. I mean, you're going to want to play Breath of the Wild. Everyone's going to be talking about it. That's And true. you'll get the FOMO. Yeah. Then how am I supposed to check in on Scrooge's shop? I'm not oh. buying Dreamlight Valley on a third platform. I'm not doing it. <sighs> <sighs> Problems for future Andrea. Another story, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is getting a prequel comic. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. So the upcoming PS5 game, of course, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, is getting a prequel. And it's going to be available as part of Free Comic Book Day, which is 
tomorrow, Saturday, May, May 6th. 6th. So Insomniac Games announced the comic in a PlayStation blog post earlier this mm-hmm. week with narrative director John Paquette sharing details of the story's plot, which we will leave. If you guys want to go seek those out, you can. I think that this is cool. I think that it's a great tie-in. Obviously, Spider-Man originating in comic books, comic books having a resurgence in the digital era, which I think is awesome. And we see a lot of video games get prequel comics. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, I guess isn't surprising that they announced this, but does make me comfortable that we're probably going to see Marvel Spider-Man 2 this year that it won't get bumped. Hell yeah. No, you're right. I think the last game that I remember doing something like this was Ghostwire Tokyo and theirs was kind of like an interactive prequel comic. I think it's a cool way to get people caught up and especially for folks like me who don't really follow Spider-Man outside of the video games that come every like what five years I feel like at this point. I don't know. But it's a cool reminder for me and it's a good way to get me caught up so I'm not super lost when they're like, oh, there's evil guys killing the town of blah, blah, blah. And then the hero is saving the day just like the law did. And it's like, I don't know what any of that means. But now I will. And I'll feel like one of the cool kids. Yeah. And I think that's great. Do the comic thing. And it's free, which is like, that's the way to do it. And in case you missed the news, the original Marvel Mm Spider-Man remastered is getting a standalone PS5 release later on this month. So if you guys never played it and you didn't play it as part of the PlayStation collection that came out when the PS5 launched, they're doing a remaster just for PS5 that you can buy, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It's a standalone game. And if you have it, I think on PS4, it's a $10 upgrade fee. So what a time to be alive. Yes. What a shooting all the webs. Exactly. I I love the sound effects. Moving on, I do want to just briefly touch on that. I love that you put this Apex news in. Unfortunately, our Apex guru is not with us, but season 17 for Apex Legends has new patch notes and ballistic ability details added. So we're just actually going to skip over that news. (laughs) Y'all don't want us to cover that without Rihanna here. We are going to be getting even more news about Diablo 4 and their season pass and more details about some of the content that's coming post-launch for that game. That info is coming next week, so hopefully we'll have more details on that soon. And then we also wanted to mention, in case you missed it, Forspoken is getting DLC. We heard about this already called Intanta We Trust. Mm -hmm. We have a gameplay trailer for this that just got released. And the DLC is coming out at the end of the month on the 26th of May for PS5 and PC. And it's a prequel to the narrative that you get in the main campaign. And I think that this is interesting. (laughs) I honestly did not expect to get DLC from Forspoken, especially this soon. Yeah, for Spoken, we again we've talked about this one too. Who were who we were blue in the face, but this is actually a DLC I would like to play. I really liked Frey as a character, and I thought the premise of Forspoken was really interesting. And the fact that this is a prequel as Frey is launched back in time, but it also says the DLC will take place at the end of the story as Frey searches for a way to permanently rid Athea of the break, its strange corruption. So I don't get it. Does it go both ways? It sounds like. In order to access the DLC, you play through the main campaign, but then the events that you play are like a flashback. Okay. The narrative prequel. Yeah, here we go. The trailer says, amid her search, she follows a mysterious voice that leads her into the past. When she emerges, Frey finds herself surrounded by chaos and destruction, injured and draped in blood-soaked clothing. She discovers the grim truth about her fate. The recently thriving Athea is at war, but why and with whom? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do want to get back to this, but unfortunately, I think I uninstalled it to make room 
for some other games that have come out recently. And <sighs> Those so I mean, small hard drives. Well, and it sucks because it's, you know, I would be interested in this, but I don't know if I'm interested enough to manage my hard drive space again and reinstall it. That sounds to me like you're not interested. And not interested enough. I think <laughs> this is definitely something where I would uh, do a Wikipedia search after or watch a YouTube. It makes me sad because I really did like Frey and I did like the idea of this game. But again, like, and that wasn't the issue to me. The issue was just the lack of spells and the, and the world itself, I mean, was just not very exciting and eh. the timing is unfortunate yeah i think that they should have held this dlc till like july or august i think i just want to be done with it though you think i think that's it it's already they've already said that it's like eh, it didn't it didn't do what we wanted it to do and i think with this you put a pin in it and you move on i feel like that squares line for almost everything though with the exception <laughs> of final fantasy 14 which is clearly doing gangbuster still and is crushing it they like squares expectations maybe just out of line for all of their properties. Oh no! <laughs> or all of their stuff is underperforming, and I hope that that's not the case. No, so, Final Fantasy I mean, VII Rebirth. Let's go. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're gonna get that or see something about that. Summer Game Fest. Fingers crossed. Ooh. Fingers crossed. Summer Game Fest. Give us some new stuff. Also, in case you missed it, Saints Row: The Heist and the Hazardous. There you go. Is that supposed to be like the Fast of the Furious? I think so. Yeah. 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 Because the idea is you are getting sweet revenge after obnoxious movie star Chris Hardy double-crosses the boss on a successful assassination hit. So that's out next week. Yeah. So very soon. And I also didn't expect to get story DLC from that game either. Yeah, I think uh, there's more, even more coming. And then maybe they announced the roadmap and we just like missed that big announcement. But um, yeah, I mean, this is cool. It sounds like, like we're getting a new district, a new combat overhaul, photo mode, and more. So it's a pretty big addition to this game. But as with Forspoken, I already uninstalled it and I would really like to go back because I loved Saints Row. I really liked it. It was fun. It was so fun and everyone hated on it because it wasn't the next, what was the GTA? That's right. There's those GTA comparisons going around. Like who in, who in their right the next, mind nobody's thought the this was going to be Grand Theft Auto? You don't step to GTA. No. Anyway, it was fun. It was a fun game. But again, like same sort of thing. I already uninstalled it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to reinstall it for the DLC. You're going <sighs> to be busy next week. Yeah. You're going to be busy. You're not playing Saints Row next week. And Marvel's Midnight Suns Switch version has officially been canceled. 2K in Fair Access Games have officially confirmed that it's not going to be coming out despite the game's impending PS4 and Xbox One release. And I'm not surprised. So like, why, why do you think it didn't come to Switch? Porting. Yeah. They probably just didn't have the bandwidth on their team and didn't want to pay another team to do it. Or the way that they have the engine set up and the coding, they were like, listen, the game is just going to suffer on Switch or we're going to have to change too many things or downgrade things. And so they're like, we're just not going to do it. That's to me like a logical reason. There could absolutely be a licensing issue or contractual issue around that. But that seems to me like not as reasonable of an excuse because if anybody's going to be able to do a contract, it's going to be Marvel. Turns out they're really good at it. It feels to me more like a, a development and programming thing. But yeah. this is me just guessing. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer because I feel like the Switch would be a perfect platform for that game. Yeah. But, you know, the Switch is going to switch. <laughs> Everyone's going to be playing Zelda. It's fine. It is fine. All right. Well, that's really it for the news for this week. We're going to be talking about what we've been playing. But before we do that, we have a quick message from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Factor. During the prime spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your 
door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this May? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Looking for calorie-conscious options ahead of summer? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. And with 34-plus chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, oh, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Oh. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. And I have to give a quick shout out to a Factor meal that I recently had. It was the vegetarian tamale bowl with spiced sweet potatoes and pickled jalapeno crema. And let me tell you, that was delicious. And Jason wanted to try a bite. And I was like, nay, nay, sir, this is all mine. You got to get your own factor. And he did. And then I wanted his meal and he wouldn't share with me. So you reap what you sow, ladies and gentlemen. Point is, the food is very, very good. So if you want to try it for yourself, head to factormeals.com slash what's good 40 and use code what's good 40 to get 40% off of your first box. That's code what's good 40 at factormeals.com slash what's good 40 to get 40% off of your first box. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Am I the only one who has noticed that dang near everything seems super expensive these days? Whether you're buying eggs or diapers or gas or whatever is on your list, the prices just keep climbing. That's why it feels so good when you score a deal when you're out shopping. But man, nothing ruins that feel-good moment faster than not having a coupon code ready at checkout while you're shopping online. Bummer, right? But thanks to Honey, searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So how does it work, you may be wondering? Well, imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. And when you're at checkout, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click the Apply Coupons button. You wait a few seconds as Honey scours the internet and finds any applicable coupon codes and bam, if it finds one, you're saving money. So I was shopping for baby clothes. I mean, <clears throat> toddler clothes. <laughs> Our babies are growing up so fast, but it also means that they change clothes like every three months. It's, it's awful and expensive. And because I shop online to try to get the best deals on clothes... I use Honey a lot when shopping for baby clothes. And it came to the rescue. I saved almost $20 on my last haul, which can easily buy like four more t-shirts. <laughs> it's a problem, you guys. I buy too many cute baby clothes. Uh, but Honey is there to help me save money with that wonderful little button. And it doesn't just work on your desktop computer. You can use Honey on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and you can save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out. And by getting it, you're going to be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. It's a win-win, everybody. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's joinhoney.com slash what's good. Welcome back, everybody. We are just going to dive right into the next segment. And as you can see, we found some friends. Please welcome to the show, our wonderful co-host, Mrs. Rihanna Manuel Pena. Hello. Looking radiant in purple and red and pink. 
Thank you. So thank you. good. On theme. So good. Well, we've got to celebrate in, in color. And of course, the wonderful host of Gamertag Radio, Danny Pena, is back Woo! with us. Hello. Back to back. I was on last week or last time. Right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I'm back. Hell yeah. Well, we're so glad that you are joining us because... Everybody here, except for me, <laughs> has spent some time playing the new release from Arcane and Bethesda, Redfall. Mm. So, Rihanna, this was one of your most anticipated games yes. for 2023. You and Danny played co-op, and Britt, you played co-op with Jason. I did. Right? So everyone had some multiplayer hands-on experience. And yes. single player. And also. single player. And, and single player. player. Mm-hmm. And so before we dive in into your impressions, just a quick recap from you, Rhi, about like what the premise of the game is for people who are like, I don't even know what the Redfall is. Absolutely. So Redfall is a optional single player or up to four player co-op shooter. They have different Give it back, girl. Different loot <laughs> mechanics, but essentially it is uh, a world where you can uh, tackle different areas in different orders, however you like to unfold the story in your playthrough. You're facing different bosses and mini bosses and dungeons in different areas called neighborhoods and defeating vampires, as well as cultists, humans who are devoted to serving those vampires. And it looked really great when we first saw it. Say <laughs> so you sold me on that premise and then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of the trailers looked awesome. A lot of the gameplay demos we saw looked great. But it seems like the vibe I'm getting from the room is that it didn't live up to expectations. You could say that again. (laughs) No, I don't want to be, listen, I never want to tear people down or be like, it's one thing to be critical, another to be mean. I don't even really know like how to where to start with this. So I played about eight hours co-op only. I haven't mm-hmm. played any single player. I played a little bit of single player and then Jason decided to join me. I think the word that I'm using lately is just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I think it is just absolutely heartbreaking because the structure is there. The bones are there, I think, for something that could have been really special and cool. And why this game got released when it did, maybe Arcane just wanted to get it out there and move on from it. Maybe it was like, we have to get this out. I don't know how all that worked. But there's so much work that still needed to be done. Sometimes my game was broken in the sense that I couldn't climb ladders. Jason couldn't climb ladders. I mean, that know. seems like a fundamental gameplay like he, problem. Like we would try to climb it. Maybe we would just like glitch all the way up and then glitch all the way back down. My reticle would disappear. I would lose audio. And it was just really sad from that technical standpoint. Did you guys run into? Oh, I have tons of bugs. Yeah. Like I, I played the PC version. I don't know mm-hmm. if you. Did also- you guys finish, by the way? No. no. Okay. Okay. And I was. There's I was a reason on why I couldn't console. finish. But I'll, I'll explain why. Okay. Yeah, I was on yeah. Series X, and Danny can talk about his bugs. But uh, I had a couple that were game breaking that sent me back to the dashboard. So <gasps> okay. when we I would mean, go through some dungeons, and it would completely yeah. knock me out. So when you say game breaking, because like hard crashes to dashboard are not super uncommon. Sure. But did it like reset your progress or prevent you from progressing? Not for me, but Danny. So yes. that happened to you? Yes. Yeah, so there's a part in the game where there's safe houses. And in, mm-hmm. inside the safe houses, there's multiple side quests. Every time you finish a side quest, you, you collect a skull, mm-hmm. right? So, th- you know, that's optional. You don't have to do it, right? But there's a part in the main campaign that you need skulls in order to unlock a certain area. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So I was like, all right, let me... So let's- they're not really optional. I thought it was optional at first. Oh, okay, so okay, then okay. Um, I was telling Ria, let's just do the safe house. It's probably the side quest is going to be easy. Yeah. So I went to one area by myself, by the way, because this is before this whole thing happened. So I went to, uh, it was like a church. I had to battle a couple enemies and there was like a mini boss. For some reason, I died. Mm-hmm. Came back. Suck. Went back to the. <laughs> get good. Went back to the to the same yeah. location to complete my my side quest. Right. Uh-huh. Enemies were gone. The mini boss was completely gone. I couldn't finish that quest. Oh. I was completely stuck 
with a side quest and the main campaign. So the, the only way I figured out how to finish it and mm-hmm. continue the story, but not through my profile, I had to play online with Re, and that's how I completed the mission. So you joined her, her hosted game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the only way for me. I was stuck. I, yeah, I was the trying to figure out. Respond. But the progress Nothing. doesn't carry over to your account, though, nope. does it? No, okay. So, oh, so you were able to finish it to have the personal experience, but it doesn't It doesn't show on your game no. that you finished the, the only, game. No, the only way, I, the only thing I could collect is just Not like... Not those uh, sweet achievements, I those know. chivos. I only could collect like uh, items, I level yeah. up, right? And but the skull was not But the skull, nope. Dang. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one issue that I had. Another issue is when you go to the map and you want to go to like a certain area and you marked the the place where you go. Yeah. The placement was like totally off from the location. Um. I had to every time I had to go to the map, I had to click like two or three times in order to find like the exact location. That was like a major bug too. Mm-hmm. And we had that issue too during the preview event. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it's a bug, you know, they probably fix it. And it was still the same in the game. Now the other issue that I have, I felt like the characters Especially, I was playing Remy. Uh, she's Puerto Rican. I was Layla. Uh, Layla. Love Layla, Ram too. Is, Remy's the one with the robot, right? She has Yeah, the, the robot is... is about that. His, his name is uh, Peribon. So mm-hmm. I feel like... And this is so messed up, but I feel like they were trying too hard to sound Latino. Um, and sometimes Layla also sounded brutal. too hard like as like a, a black person, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like... This is weird. I felt also uncomfortable playing. You think the game. it felt like forced diversity? It, fe- it felt very forced. Mm. I'm like, really? Like, Which is what? interesting because we do know there are blacks and Latinos on the team. Yeah, exactly. And the characters are voiced by people who have those lived experiences. So yeah. I don't think it's an issue of the voice acting. It maybe feels more like it's not a direction. Directing. Yeah, it, just, it was a the, yeah, the lines bad just directing. felt yeah. weird. And I had the same experience with Layla. Yeah, because really? the person who yeah, okay. interviewed, the career director, he's Latino. He's, uh, you know, we were even talking Spanglish and everything like mm-hmm. during the interview. So I was excited. You know, I love seeing re- representation in games, you mm-hmm. know, so that part bothered me a lot, you know, so. Interesting. The, mm-hmm. uh, obviously I didn't have that issue because, you know, dumb. But the issue You're I had with dumb. Remy, the issue I had with Remy was her robot. <laughs> The, mm. the sound it makes. Oh, it's so distracting. Yeah, it's I literally played an hour as Remy and I had to stop and start over with Layla. Because and there was no way to disable it. Not that I it's tried. an excuse. No, no, no. Right? I talked about that before. I, I, I looked in every corner of the option menu because the sound was like, <laughs> and I was just like, God, this is very irritating. Even Jason can hear it. And I was like, yeah. So yeah. That probably, maybe that didn't bother you. I'm really kind of weird with like repetitive sounds like that mm-hmm. if it doesn't sound good. I know that some of the conversation that I read online, people were saying, why Arcane change the formula, do the same thing from before? And I disagree. I think it's good for studios to try new things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's going to work out, sometimes don't. But to say they shouldn't have been doing this at all, like imagine yeah, imagine this game would have been getting 10s and 9s everywhere, right? Like positive reviews. Like a Horizon. Yeah, exactly. Or even exactly. like what Tango Gameworks did recently, right? Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. studio underneath the Xbox and Bethesda umbrella that took Hi-Fi Rush as a game completely different yeah. from yeah. what they were doing previously mm-hmm. with like Evil Within and some of the other games under their umbrella. I mean, that mm-hmm. game was a success and was Huge a very success. different kind of game for mm-hmm. them. Different yeah. kind of game for anyone, honestly. Yeah. And that's really honestly contender yeah. game of the year. I love that game so much. High Five Rush. Yeah. Love it so much. So, the yeah. issue I had with the narrative. Yeah. So for me, something really unfortunate too was the narrative of this game and how it was told. I feel like it was really disjointed. And so even eight hours in, I'm not even sure really what I'm doing, except for maybe I'm supposed to destroy a cultist leader. And that was really annoying. And it was just kind of unfortunate because I'm in the safe house. I have all these people. And by the way, the NPCs, unfortunately, are just so boring. You know, it just makes me sad. They're just so one-dimensional. They never have really anything to say. Sometimes all they say is they will, they'll cough. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> awesome. Good to know you, man. Uh, yeah. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting too, is you can tell that, I mean, Arcane even said like the narrative was going to be a focus for this game and you can tell mm-hmm. they tried. And what I mean by that is there's all of these little like notes of lore scattered throughout. And mm-hmm. I am someone who loves that stuff, especially in games like Resident Evil, like my, that's my bread and butter. But I find myself not even interested in what the notes said. And I think it's because a lot of it didn't really lend itself to the world building and the way I think they wanted it to. Some of it was like a random schedule for like firefighters, or maybe it was a random person who died in a store, but it didn't tell me anything exciting. And the formatting was all off. It felt like it was all kind of centered to the left. And it was just like the same, every document looked the exact same. But like in a Resident Evil game, you know, you open it up, you get that sound of paper opening or like you flip a page and it's a sound of paper and it looks like typewriter font. This is all like, it's not aerial, but it's some very generic ass font kind of formatted wonkily. Did it feel like placeholder? Yeah. Like maybe the a step above like placeholder. Team, like put this in, but the idea was to come back and refine it or add different art assets later on. Yeah, I mean, you could tell there could have been a lot more work done to it, mm-hmm. and maybe in a, another world they did. Um, so yeah, like the narrative itself, like I don't know. Well, I'd love to hear what you thought, but it was just oh, sad. Yeah, I would say from my experiences and just touching on the the notes in particular. There are times, like, for instance, the very beginning, the first environment you wake up in, there's a note that says, um, hey, if I don't make it, there's a gun in the glove compartment, like, keep going and know that I love you or something like that. And then you come across a car very shortly after, mm. and there's a gun in the glove compartment. I'm like, that is cool. See, that would have been I, cool. I never yeah. found that car. Okay. So there were some moments where I could tell the plan and the idea was there. Yeah. I think, and much like a lot of people have been saying, it seems like the execution just didn't have enough time to get fully realized. And I think the same with the storytelling. It's really cool to have different missions that explain what's going on. So there's this corporation that had these really corrupt doctors who did this terrible experiment. Everything went wrong. Well, right for them, wrong for everyone else. But then it doesn't explain why is the ocean in the sky? Why is the sun blacked out? Until you get a lot further in the game until you choose to do those missions. You don't learn what's going on. So you could very easily miss a lot of stuff if you just go straight through in one path. And it doesn't do a great job of explaining like, oh, you missed some backstory, but here's the thing you really need to know. And and that's what's frustrating for me because I was really excited for this. And I do love that world building element. And I could see the the glimmer of of what it could have been, but it just didn't really come to life the way it could have. It seems so uncharacteristic for Arcane, who's built a reputation on their storytelling yes. chops and their yeah. ability to do environmental world building and to really get audiences and consumers hooked within the first couple of minutes. I mean, I think about Deathloop and how quickly you got immersed in that world Mm -hmm. and how well the storytelling was. Obviously, these are different teams that were working on these games, but it's, gosh, this just sounds like a giant bummer. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. well, I'll mention another issue that I had too. So let's say I had a shotgun level two. Let's just say I'm there attacking enemies, right? And later on, it's going to get difficult, right? So, and then I find a level six shotgun. I felt like it was the same weapon. There was Literally, nothing they really had the same names. Same name. Yeah, and same sometimes name. the stat line is actually better on the level two. Sometimes. Yeah. And that part I find it so So the balancing weird. was not 
Well like, done. Not good at all. The first impression I got to you with the weapons is I think, it's, is it called a centipede? I think it's yeah, the handgun. Kind of, yeah. It's like one of the first ones you start with. And then one of the first weapons you can find in a nearby chest is also a centipede. And it's the same weapon, maybe like a few different tweets. And I don't it's even, not like RNG drops in the chest? It is RNG. Mm-hmm. When you're playing co-op, like, you know, you two could lose something and you both would get something different. Mm-hmm. But in that particular instance, it was another centipede. And I'm like, why do I have duplicate weapons? And at that point, you know, you don't know how the, the inventory works. Like, am I going to find something better? Is this a duplicate weapon? Like, what should I do with it? Should I scrap it? Uh, and it just doesn't set the game off on a right foot because, you know, what would be exciting is exploring and finding a new weapon and it's better. Like, ooh, now I'm incentivized to explore You've more. got the carrot. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. now it's the same weapon. And why didn't it use a weapon wheel? Yeah. The, Dude, the, there's the no weapon wheel? wheel? There's no. You can equip three weapons at a time. So but you D-pad only? I think it's Y. You just you rotate, rotate three of your yeah. weapons. Oh, no. And so, yeah. like, what is there? There's, yeah, a handgun. I mean, ever that's a, fine as, like, an alternate, like, input method, but, like, no weapon wheel? No, no weapon so wheel. it's, what is it? It's handgun, like, revolver. You can well, you can fight. put anything in each of right. the slots. But there's, melee, the point yeah, is, is that there's so many different weapon types. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have cool vampire weapons, right? Mm-hmm. A UV beam and a stake thrower. But I came across so many humans more than I did mm-hmm. vampires that I didn't want to have a UV beam <laughs> equipped because then you walk up <laughs> to just a human and you're like, get a tan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so that was, was annoying. annoying. That but, was very annoying. But then there's mm-hmm. things, though, that you come across, Andrea, that you need to shine the UV beam on to clear the way. But then you have to stop, open the menu, mm-hmm. and it's a clunky system. And they should have just had a weapon wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I think the consensus of the table. I can say is, something positive if you want. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, feel no, like I, think, I think I think that'd like be a great way yeah. to maybe yeah. wrap, wrap up yeah, the yeah, yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. of like what you did like about yeah. the game, yes. if anything. Okay, okay. what okay. I like, because mm-hmm. we could go each one, right? For me, crossplay was super easy. Okay. I, yeah. I was playing PC, re Xbox Series S. We connected. Easy PC to hook up. Super yeah. easy. The only thing is you just got to uh, create an account, but that's a .NET, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, standard now for crossplay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, through there. And then it will create like a uh, new name and you just share that with your friends and connect. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's it super, super easy. easy. Okay. Super easy. Something I really loved about it was the style. Like I really like the, the way the music comes in. It was a little loud. I had to turn it down. But <laughs> I love the way the music comes in like mm-hmm. while you're like listening to a cut scene or an explanation. And and I really like the, the art style as well. And even uh, the different times when you're hearing backstory from other NPCs, like mm-hmm. they give you sort of like this motion graphic. I really liked the look and feel of it. Yeah, and I want to say, too, I don't think this is an awful, terrible game. Like, obviously, the broken issues are very, very bad, but there is fun to be had here. And we were fortunate enough to get early review copies, but if you have Game Pass, it's going to be available on Game Pass. I had a really good time, and I still want to play more with Jason. You know, the Mm -hmm. gameplay loop is very simple and straightforward. Collect a mission, fast travel, do the thing you got to do, fast travel back. And the game wants you to be efficient that way. It always is giving you options. You can scrap weapons on the go. Mm-hmm. You can fast travel right after any mission you do because it's like, yeah, we want you to keep going. And that I really appreciate. And it is fun to walk around Redfall. You know, most of the buildings you can't go in, which is kind of a bummer. And the ones you do go in have some of these odd empty rooms. But anyway, it is a fun loop. It is very straightforward. They're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, if you can grab a friend or someone yeah. that you yeah. love. Turn the difficulty up and you'll, you'll yeah. have a good time. It At is- the end of the day everybody's gonna have different opinions yep. right there were some parts that i love playing with like i really enjoy playing with re you yeah. know you probably feel the same right yes so for everybody who's watching this or listening just play it. you have a game pass just try it out everybody's gonna have different opinions there's people that was hitting me up saying no i really like this game yeah. so and it's fine yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that yeah just, we're just letting y'all know that you might come across some issues exactly yeah <laughs> well hopefully the game breaking stuff and the bugs and the traversal issues that you ran into are going to get fixed with a patch and that that doesn't deter people. But 
the larger narrative design issues seem like something that might take either a little while to fix or will never get fixed. I think it's so. the latter. There's a story about what happened with this development that I think is going to get told at some point because this feels very, again, uncharacteristic Agreed. for Arcane. And it's a misstep and a bummer. But hopefully, oh, yeah, uh, bummer. you know, people will still be able to have a good time with it. Well... That's going to probably do it for this episode. I know it's a shorty this week, but we are celebrating our six years. And hopefully you guys checked out the stream. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, everybody, uh. to six years. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it wouldn't be an episode of What's Good Games without Britney's birth. Sorry. I've been um, holding that one and we had all of You guys cameo. can check out the VOD on twitch.tv slash What's Good Games. Or I should drink, right? That's bad luck to not drink after a or youtube.com slash what's good games. Thank you so much to everybody who's been with us. Even if it's your first episode, like I like to say sometimes, whether it's your first episode or your 325th episode, we're excited that you guys are here. And thank you for supporting the show and supporting us in video games. And we will be back next week with a new episode. May is going to be a very busy month. Get your Zelda, your Zelda next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.